What does it mean to define your assets? Hello, thank you for joining us. This is What Counts, a podcast created by Trailblazer Consulting. Here we highlight proven solutions developed through our experience working with companies across various industries, and we talk about how you can apply these solutions to your company. We share our experience solving information management challenges like creating and implementing a records retention schedule, creating an asset data hierarchy, or helping with email management. This is Lee, and in this episode, Moore and I will talk about what we mean by defining your assets. This is a follow-on to our previous episode where we introduced asset data management. And I think in that one, we just said, you have to define your assets, right? So we have to get the group together to talk about what assets they actually have. That we went into in, in a little detail. We gave some examples of how different levels of the organization, different groups within the organization, all say different things when it comes to what is your organization's asset. So we want to give a little bit of clarity to that by defining an asset. So you can help orchestrate the conversation when it comes to having the groups of people together. So some of the things that we've come across are, does an asset require regular maintenance? Hi. Hi, Lee. It's Mara. And hi, everyone. Yeah. I just thought it looked I'd like you had in. something to say. <laughs> I did. So I think that the regular maintenance one is really important because when you're talking from an operations perspective and keeping things running, technicians kind of know they have a second sense of it's time to change the oil. It's time to rotate this motor, time to test my, the generator. Generators automatically test every week or so. And so in smaller organizations, and for many years, even in larger organizations, the technicians just kind of handled stuff like this. But from an asset data perspective, we don't want to just, you don't want to only rely on the technicians know what they're doing. They do. But as an organization, you want to be able to show that it happened. So because when there's a problem, Somebody's going to ask you, well, when was the last time you changed the oil in that motor? When was the last time that you tested that generator? And you want to be able to say with certainty, ah, we do that on a regular basis per our asset management plan. We always do that every six months on this set of assets. We do it every three months on this set of assets. These are high traffic. We do it every night, whatever the, the story is. So in order to apply those rules consistently, and track it consistently, your definition step is really important as step one. So I think that that requires regular maintenance is a great character, as a great feature, a great characteristic to make some decisions around. But it's not the only one. Okay. So <laughs> what about reporting or correcting uh, a problem, a fault on a particular yeah. Yeah, so I think that one's, um, especially when you're talking about an organization where you have public or people in a building or somebody other than the operations team who really is noticing what's happening, because they're not going to say, hey, motor number three needs to have its oil changed. They're going to say, the temperature in my office is off, or I can hear the fan squeaking or something like that. So how your population is going to report a problem 
and how easily you can, you as the technician can go from, I heard this, I got this problem report to, I know which assets are involved and how to fix them, how to fix this problem, how to trace it down, how to correct it. I think that's another good way to think about defining assets. Because there's no right or wrong here, like we've talked about a couple of times, we mentioned in the intro to asset data, Finance people want to talk about things in big buckets because they're spending capital and they want to show depreciation. If you have linear assets that cross multiple state boundaries or, or county boundaries, you've got a tax question of, you know, what do I, what am I paying taxes on, property taxes or use taxes across the, these different county lines. So, and then you have the maintenance team who needs to be able to go find something and fix it when it needs to be fixed or, or upgrade it when it needs to be upgraded. So all of these views are legitimate. This asset definition step is codifying those views and codifying the rules around them. And what are you gonna track? Because you could track every knot and bolt and trace every single thing all the way from nut number one to I have an air traffic control tower like we talked about. There is a lot of overhead involved in tracking at that at all those levels and keeping all of that together. And you don't want to spend your time doing just that because what you're spending your time doing is running the airport. So you have to make some decisions that get you from one you know, not at the top level where it's just a bucket of money and you don't know where anything is and not at that very bottom level. So this asset definition step is how you get there to what is important and what are you going to track. And you mentioned in the intro about bringing different people together. And I think that's a critical part of this. Well, I definitely think it's a critical part, but you also mentioned the financial piece. And I want to clarify that because there could be, if it's over this amount, for instance, a computer that is bought for a small company is, let's say it's $2,000. Well, that's enough to be considered substantial asset for a small company. If it's under that, like a printer for $250 or something like that, you know, from a tax perspective, it's really not considered. That could go here or there, but you get the idea of what I'm explaining here. So these, when we're defining these things, do we use the fault and the maintenance or the financial, or do you use a combination of both is my question to you, Maura. <laughs> so I think we've seen our clients use a combination. And I like that approach because it reflects all the different needs you've got going on, like the printer versus the computer for a small company. That's a, that's driven by taxes right? Because we can expense the printer, but we want it, we might want to capitalize and depreciate the computer, we being our small company here. <laughs> From a fault perspective, we don't have a big enough inventory that tracking whose printer is broken today and reporting it to our very huge IT department that consists of one part-time guy, that's not a problem. <laughs> but so our need is we know what we bought, we know whether we appropriately expensed it or capitalized it. It's a pretty small set of needs. Compare that to say a college campus where you have 75 buildings, you have multiple ages and types of elevators or HVAC systems or plumbing problems or who knows what's going on in, in all these buildings. And you've got 
capital questions, depreciation questions, expense questions, maintenance questions, safety questions. So I think that combination of the financial side of things, the regulatory side, the reporting side, the maintenance side, only one of those views, if you chose just one of those views to define your assets, I think you would find it harder to maintain your overall footprint. Not just maintain it from an operations perspective, but to meet all of your business obligations too. What do you think? No, I like that. I agree. I think you're you're expanding it to include more people, um, meaning more people are going to understand what uh, what's happening here and what the definition is. I mean, sure, people will get if it's over two thousand dollars, they get that. But I think we get to the engineers a little bit more when we start to say, what's the maintenance? What's the reporting? What's the correction? Um, what are the elements that are collected there? I think we reach more people. So I agree. What else comes I, after this? Oops, sorry. Well, I think so too. And I also think that it's the engineers, but it's it's also kind of their constituents. So if you think about that college campus, you've got students who are uh, complaining that it's hot or cold, but you've also got safety concerns. And so the college is the college as a whole is concerned that the environment is safe for the kids, that there's not a crack in the sidewalk that 15 people have tripped over this week because the way it was reported was, you know, there's a crack in the sidewalk near the quad and the maintenance guys have been walking around trying to find that crack. <laughs> so, because maybe it's a really big school and the quad sidewalk goes on for two miles or who knows. So we saw that at the airport where we were naming the perimeter road and actually uh, mile marking the perimeter road with linear reference points so that when there was a crack in the road or a pothole that a sinkhole or who knows and it was causing damage to cars going by and causing traffic jams they could report against that nearest mile marker nearest linear reference point so it helps make the environment better for the people who are trying to use it too and reduces the overall liability of the organization <laughs> all those pieces come into play when you're talking about a, a physical asset base all right, so you were asking me a question. I asked, are there other components to this? That's all. Beyond asset definition? Right, that we wanted to cover today. Or it, do we think that's enough? I think this is a good start because I think each of you, our listeners, are going to have to think about your organizations and what are the competing equally important things in your world, the financial side, taxes, maintenance, regulatory reporting, if you're a, a heavily regulated industry like a manufacturing or, or an energy company that has emissions reporting requirements or something, then you need to be able to track those and, and trace to the, um, the asset that is producing the emissions so that you can show what you've done and how you're managing it. So each organization has its different priorities. And our best success has been where all the different groups come together and are able to talk about what they need and how it fits with each other's, which e with each other's needs and how it balances against how hard is it going to be to collect and maintain the data. I think last time you threw out a time frame too. It was, if I'm not wrong, I think it was four to six weeks. If you had the right people together and that were willing to participate and wanted to get this done. You could come up with these definitions 
within that time frame. You agree? I do agree. And it, it is that fast. That feels fast to me when you're talking about a massive organization, a, an asset base that's, you know, 10 to 25 to 100 years old and covers a big footprint. If you can bring together somebody from your finance team, from the engineering team, from the capital construction team, and and from whatever sort of your operations facing, public facing world is. So is it environmental? Is it commercial partners on uh, an oil and gas midstream company where you're transporting oil and gas? Is it commercial users from a retail perspective. So the airports have retail operations. If you're a shopping center, you have retail operations, that kind of thing. So bringing together those representatives and in any given organization, you're probably talking uh, 12 people, 15 people at the most who are coming from these different parts of the company, bringing them together. And if they're all dedicated to the idea of we want to get a collective view of our assets and we want to have shared definitions because that's going to set us up for the next steps of our asset management in terms of understanding how the data fits together. How can we get better reporting on it? How can we do tracing, trace things from beginning to end, as well as do we know where our assets are? Can we find our problems early? Can we prevent them and fix them quickly? Because those are our next couple of steps that we're going to talk about in upcoming episodes. But I think, yeah, if we can bring those people together, identify the right group and bring them together, you can do this in about a month. Okay. Sounds like a wrap. You agree? I agree from an asset definition perspective. So tune yes. in tune in for future episodes where we talk about asset IDs and data management and physical asset inventories. <laughs> If you have any questions, please send us an email at info at trailblazer.us.com or look us up on the web at www.trailblazer.us.com. Thank you for listening and please tune in to our next episode. Also, if you like this episode, please be a champion and share it with people in your social media network. As always, we appreciate you, the listeners. Special thanks goes to Jason Blake who created our music. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.